this game was a real reality check for everybody involved. Players, coaches, front office alike. Right now, the Titans suck. Welcome into the Hot Read Podcast. I'm your host, Easton Freeze, director of published content here at BroadwaySportsMedia.com and the 440 Podcast Network. Welcome in. It is uh, now very early on a Tuesday morning for me. I was prepping the show very late on a Monday night after the Titans game, and it is now 12.08 a.m., and I'm recording this just for you all because I wanted to have this podcast out there available for you on Monday morning for you to be able to listen to the reaction to what we just watched the Titans do on Monday Night Football. I'm actually not joined by producer JT for this episode because he, um, like many of you all, I'm sure, as a result of what you saw the Titans do, is feeling very sick. However, his has nothing to do with the Titans. He is truly just ill, so wishing him um, to get better, and he just he needed to take the night off because he was in no shape to be helping me prep the show and record the show and produce the show and all of those things. So flying solo, but nothing that I cannot handle. Let's get into the thing that people are dying for me to talk about the most on this show. The best bet gauntlet from Friday. Of course, a tough week, you know, but I still ended up besting producer JT, who's not here to defend himself. I went two and three on the week. Rough one, but not as rough as his abysmal one and four. So I'm six and four on the year. He's two and eight. Ugh. Two one and four starts for JT is it's just that's that's a tough break for him. But uh, no, seriously, the thing that we really want to discuss today, of course, Josh Gordon got his first start with the Titans last night, and it was all anybody could talk about in the lead up to the game. He had an electric stat line, one target for zero catches and zero yards, incredible debut. <laughs> Uh, trying to weave some humor into this show because it's, as you can probably guess, downhill from here. But just a little smidgen more on the, well, if you're a Titans fan, positive side before we get into tearing into the Titans' performance and their start to the year. Just a quick, quick recap of what happened in Week 2 outside of Monday night and outside of the Titans game. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, the Colts... If you, I mean, listen, if you, if you, if you are a Titans fan and, and you are feeling like this is rock bottom, I get it. I understand your feeling in that way. However, I do not think you are feeling the same kind of despair that Colts fans are feeling because holy cow, the, the AFC South, it's, it, if you wanted to nickname the AFC South, it's gotta be the AFC 2020 NFC East South. Right. Like that's that's where we're headed. We're on a collision course with all time bad division here so far. Things might can change, but at the moment, brutal. The Colts got shut out on the road at Jacksonville, who looked pretty good, actually, Um, since 2003, a span of 361 regular season games. The Colts have only been shut out three times and all three of them have come against the Jaguars. Woof. Uh, In. You know, the Colts are 0-1-1, even though it feels like they're 0-2. They've been outscored 44-3 to in in those games uh, and uh, in quarters one through three of those games. Sorry, not in garbage time. Uh, but they, they play the Chiefs, the Titans, and the Broncos on a Thursday night, all three of those games in the next 17 days. So things are looking up for them. Chris Ballard, the GM of the Colts, he's 41-41-1, two games into his sixth year. 
as the GM of the Colts. I think it's pretty clear and obvious at this point he is a mediocre GM. And in my book, for my money, an all-time overhyped American sports figure on any level in any sport. He, for the better part of the last half decade, has been getting praise and adoration for being, at best, a middling GM, and at worst, quite bad and detrimental to a franchise that is reeling. Speaking of franchises that are reeling, the Titans. Uh, oh, and one last thing, by the way, the the NFL. You know, the Titans season has started off ridiculously, of course, and terribly, but the NFL season has started insane kind of across the board. These first two weeks have been wildly entertaining, some for great reasons and some for bad reasons. But we're we're not even we're not even into week three yet. And we are already down to just three undefeated AFC teams, the Chiefs, the Dolphins and the Bills. And after next week, that's guaranteed to be down to two because the Bills and the Dolphins play each other. Um, so things are being weeded down fast. I, I believe it's only four. No, only sorry. Six total undefeated teams in the NFL at the moment. I could, off the top of my head, I can think of the Bucks in the NFC as well as I want to know the Niners lost, the Broncos lost. Wow. Okay, maybe maybe it's I thought that there were two others. I think that it's six. I think that I saw six somewhere. Um I think there are three NFC teams. The Eagles, the Eagles I hadn't thought of and I believe there's a third, but nonetheless I think in the AFC, it's going to come down to just a war of attrition. By the end of the year, I think that it's going to be just the entire conference cannibalizing itself all year. I don't really see anybody running away with an incredible record. I think that there's just too many competent, good teams in the AFC, dangerous teams in the AFC, that it's going to be a bloodbath all the way through the regular season, which I'm I'm frankly kind of here for. Um, and if it comes down to who's healthiest at the end of the year, so be it. That's kind of how it goes every year. But that feels like where we're headed. Now, back to the Titans, who are among those franchises that are currently reeling. And boy, oh boy, are they reeling to. I mean, if you wanted a headline, it's it's what Mike Vrabel said in his postgame press conference just a couple of hours ago. We got our asses kicked, plain and simple. It's the worst loss of the Mike Vrabel era by a pretty significant margin. The worst before this was the snow game in Green Bay at, towards the end of the 2020 regular season. And that game was 40-something to 20-something was the final score. In this game, the Titans don't even get into the double digits and allow 40-plus points. Just no... Yeah, no, no positive thing. I'm sitting here making sure I've got all my boxes checked. No positive things to draw from this. Uh, Danico Autry kind of left it all out on the field. He looked pretty good. That is the only thing that has come to my mind as I'm sitting here making sure I have covered all my bases. I don't think that there's really anything else positive for the Titans to be drawing from this game. Listen, I haven't ever explicitly called for firings of coaches before. I think that it's reactionary. For the most part, I think that it's oftentimes ridiculous and overblown and or clickbait and attention seeking. I also understand the severity of calling for somebody's job being, you know, calling for somebody to lose their livelihood. Like, I understand all of that. Heads should roll after this loss. Like, I think multiple. I think that the Titans management kind of needs to just sack up on this one. They, they need to hold people accountable. They can't continue 
to produce like they have in these first two games. They can't continue to go down this road with this group of people in the circumstance that they are in as a team, as a franchise, without making some changes. Because clearly, clearly, there is no debate. What is currently happening is not working, and there's no single issue to point to here. I'm going to talk about that more a bit in a moment, but... There's a number of issues here, and one of those issues is absolutely some of the personnel on the coaching staff. I think the easiest answer, and this is obviously nothing new or original, Todd Downing, he he has to go. It is clear and obvious at this point that Todd Downing is what he is. He's incredibly limited. He's incredibly limiting to the team that he is coaching. And with this offense that the Titans have, the personnel that they have, they do not have anything resembling a personnel group good enough to overcome at best shaky at worst mind bogglingly bad play calling. They they don't have the talent for that. They don't have the guys for that. And to be fair, most NFL teams don't. Um, but the Titans certainly do not. I, I think you give the keys to Tim Kelly like they should have done before the year ever began months ago. Usually I think it's waving the white flag to give you know, your offensive coordinator, the boot midseason, especially early in the season. But I, I kind of see it differently in this regard. Tim Kelly has experience, years of experience running the same offense that Todd Downing and the Titans offense is currently operating under. It wouldn't be a significant adjustment period for him to take over, nor would it be for the Titans players to get used to him being the coach. We already don't really know what kind of a role he plays in that offensive game planning room. It's reasonable to think that he's got his thumb in a couple of the pies there, but he's not got the reins, and I think that it's time for him to get the reins. He cannot possibly be worse than what Todd Downing is is giving the Titans right now. So I think that that's the obvious choice. I mean, he there's a number of things to point to with him, right? Our buddy Justin Graver at Titans Film Room on Twitter tweeted at some point during the game that next time the Titans have an incomplete pass on first down, they should try running Derrick Henry on second down. It hasn't worked the first 300 times, but maybe it will this time. It's like it's like Tobias Funke in in um, Arrested Development. That quote I'm going to butcher, but essentially it's all these people delude themselves into thinking that doing the same thing over and over, you know, it's not worked for anybody else, but it'll, it'll work for them. And then they fail just like everyone else. And then he says, but I think for us just might work. (laughs) And that's, that's kind of where, where it feels like Todd Downing is and where this offensive play calling and coaching staff is. It's a disaster. It, It, it's just been bad across the board, skill position, offensive line alike. The offensive line turned into tissue paper tonight. It was full-on flashbacks to 2021, and it's the insane personnel packages. I mean, you have, you have, I have a a going thread on Twitter at this point. I started it tonight. It was, it was piggybacked off of a a tweet from last week, but I'm now going to turn it into an ongoing weekly thing where I just post pictures in this tweet thread of insane personnel packages that the Titans roll out there. At one point, the Titans had this fantastic receiving group out there. You had Jeff Swaim at tight end. Derrick Henry lined up out wide. Traylon Burks as the inside receiver on that side of the ball. And on the, on the other side of the ball, you had Torrey Carter lined up as the wide out. So Burks, Swaim, Carter, and Henry 
with an empty backfield. Obvious passing down. That's what Todd Downing's going with as the receiving threats on the field. Genius. So I think it's fair to say that the Titans, things have gotten out of hand incredibly quickly for them, especially on the offensive side of the ball in the play calling department. I think multiple screen passes on third down, by the way, that's something that we saw from Todd Downing tonight. Incredibly cowardly and stupid plays that were just admitting defeat, waving the white flag and punting the ball away to the Bills who were inevitably going to score touchdowns. When you, you could have given yourself a chance to pick up the first down, instead, you're just playing the field position game. It's ridiculous. And and while you're at it, I think you can send Craig Ackerman packing as well. Listen, the Titans special teams are a constant issue, and he's never in his tenure done anything special with them. I think it's just time to get some fresh blood in there. You had multiple issues with the special teams today. You had multiple issues with them in the first week. They're just it's just abysmal. If you had to rank the Titans special teams on an NFL basis, they would be bottom five for sure. And I don't even I've not paid a ton of attention to other team special teams so far this year. I know they're in the bottom five because it's just been that bad. And there's questions, I think, to ask about, you know, how much does a special teams coach impact, you know, a punt returner's ability to field the ball or a kicker's ability to make kicks like, yeah, yeah, there's some there's some things in there that they can't control, but it's just too much. You you got to get somebody fresh in there. He's not doing anything special with it. They're constantly hurting this team and very, very rarely helping it. So I think it's time for Downing and for Ackerman to go. It was also a poor night for the Titans on the injury front. It was a laundry list of guys, and this is just what a team that is already struggling as is needs, right? It, the injury gods apparently decided that last year's mass unit wasn't enough, and they, the injury luck has just not come for the Titans in any way, shape, or form this year. They already have a mass unit that they amassed tonight. I'll remind you that Christian Fulton wasn't on the field. And then on the first play of the game, Trenton Cannon went down. I don't believe he returned. Taylor Lewan on the first offensive snap was walking off of the field with the help of trainers very gingerly, was carted to the locker room with what appeared to be a non-contact knee injury on the same leg that he tore his ACL two years ago. Bud Dupree left with a hip injury. I don't believe he returned. Ola Daney went down with an injury again during this game. He's had an injury before week one in the week one game and now in the week two game. He can't stay healthy so far. Cornerback Chris Jackson, just another body that has gone down in the very thin Titans cornerback room, growing incredibly thin Titans cornerback room. Joe Jones, practice squad call up at linebacker. Uh, Speaking of positions that have grown incredibly thin, the Titans linebacking core has fallen apart. Bud Dupree obviously was not out there for most of the night. Harold Landry obviously gone for the year. You've you've got guys on the IR that are you young guys that you need to come back because they're more talented than who they're having to play, like the Joe Joneses of the world, who, by the way, they can't stay on the field now. Like, it's the depth. It's Rashad Weaver and, like, nobody at this point if Bud Dupree and Joe Joneses of the world can't come back. Um, Ugo Amadi went into the locker room for a while. At one point, Lonnie Johnson was limping around on the field and had to sub out on defense. Traylon Burks was limping on the field at one point, and I believe after that, after I noticed that, he his night grew pretty quiet, although that's really when the Titans game fell apart, so I'm not sure if those things are correlated. So you had this mass unit that that accumulated on Monday night, and then, you, like I said, 
there was no Christian Fulton out there on the field. He was out with a lower leg soft tissue injury, and, and him not being out there is what led to this disaster in the secondary. Trey Avery, one-on-one with Stephon Diggs for most of the night, a, an undrafted free agent, one-on-one on Stephon Diggs. Not ideal. Not ideal. He got murdered all game. Killed. Stephon Diggs, a pretty perfect game. 12 receptions, 148 yards, 12.3 yards per reception, three touchdowns, 14 total targets. So he only he only didn't catch the ball twice. He was incredible tonight. Oh, and by the way, by the way, that stat line, that comes courtesy of um, three quarters of football. He and all the other starters on both teams didn't play in the fourth quarter. Lest I need to remind you that the game was was long over by then. So that's three quarters of football, putting him on target for fourth touchdown, you know, 16 targets, quick maths off the top of my head, 100, you know, nearing the 200 yard mark on the night, an all timer kind of night, you know, and, and, and oh, this might this guy might be the offensive player of the year kind of night for him, courtesy of Trey Avery, an undrafted free agent rookie playing against him one-on-one for most of the evening. And the Titan, the Titans, their game planning it, so far this year has been really top-notch. In week one, their primary objective was, on defense, stop the ball. Courtesy of Mike Vrabel, when I asked him last week, that was his primary responsibility that he gave the defense. Stop the run. And then Saquon Barkley and company ran on Tennessee more than anybody else has since 2018. 238, 48 yards on the night. I forget the number. 200 and change. Oh, and then week two objective. And I don't know this for a fact because I've not asked him, but I'm assuming it's the only logical primary objective for the defense. We can't, hey, guys, we cannot let Stephon Diggs be the one that beats us. And then Stephon Diggs has that stat line without playing in the fourth quarter. He was perfect, and oh, by the way, he did beat you pretty much by himself. Um, no, I don't know that was their objective, but it's a pretty fair guess. Oh, and you, you think Stephon Diggs terrorized the secondary tonight? Just you wait until Devontae Adams comes to town next week and gets his hands on the Titans. Just six days from now, by the way. Short week. I would recommend praying nightly that Christian Fulton is back by then. Oh, and Caleb Farley, he couldn't cover a soul either, though I'm... Not surprised that he's bad so far at this point. This is a guy that hasn't played much football at all since 2019. He's still fresh off an ACL recovery. Mentally, he's clearly, and confidence-wise, he's clearly still that of a first-year guy out there. He looks like a rookie. And it's just bizarre watching him play because he was abysmal tonight, and and yet it's, it's just strange because we... we we often would watch this massive, incredibly long guy in practice during training camp use his length to jam receivers, and it—it it, just—it's just gone in these live reps. He's not using his length to his advantage. He's not playing confidently. He's not playing physically. He's just—he's playing incredibly soft coverage. He's playing scared. He's playing like he doesn't. The instincts aren't there. And, and again, I don't think that's entirely shocking given where he's at right now, but it, they need him to be better. Like the bottom line is he is seriously hurting this team right now. And part of that is because of the position he's being put in because 
they've got injuries at that position. But he's a first-round pick last year. He's healthy. I know he's coming off of a big injury, and he doesn't have a ton of experience. But the bottom line, he's got to be better. Speaking of hurting the team, fielding punts. Titans uh, fumbled two attempts at returning a punt. You know, in case the game wasn't already over, there was a moment in the game where the Titans were getting the ball back and May could have still made it a game, but then, you know, he got another massive rookie mistake from Kyle Phillips. On special teams, he fumbles the ball, the Bills recover, just get incredible field position, and then find the end zone, of course. This is becoming an issue at this point for Phillips. He was, you know, incredible in the preseason on punt return. It looked like the Titans finally had a special teamer that was capable or a guy that can play special teams because Phillips is a starter that was capable of being that guy to bring a spark to the special teams that could finally reliably return punts and get them into decent field position half the time. And now he's regularly dropping the ball. He fumbled and lost it in week two. He fumbled and lost it in week one. He was having issues fumbling the ball at the very end of OTAs in practice. Like, this has become a thing now where regularly every week it's Kyle Phillips fumbling the ball. So I don't know if they can keep him in that spot. I don't know what you do. He's clearly the best when he has the ball in his hands. Assuming he can field the punt, he's very good at it still, clearly. But if you can't field the punt, you can't field the punt. And then, by the way... Amani Hooker muffed the next punt in the game, and then they had to get Robert Woods in there because he was all they had left that they trusted to actually catch the ball. Embarrassing. That's embarrassing. So this is a big week for the Titans. I don't really want to go into anything else big about this game. Ryan Tannehill, I think, was playing pretty well, you know, considering his circumstances for most of the game. Had one really bad pick that was shades of last year with him. But at that point, he was already pressing because they were down so bad. He had no protection. I I, I kind of get that one. Or I don't get it. I, I guess I can let that one slide a little bit. He was not the problem. He was very far down the list of problems the Titans had tonight. Again, second week in a row, Ryan Tannehill, not the issue. It's a, all the things around him, frankly. Um, and the, the Titans have done a really piss poor job surrounding him with what he needs to thrive at this point. There's not anything else in particular that I want to go into tonight just a little peek behind the curtain with what we've got going on this week I teased on Twitter earlier tonight if you saw my thread with the six questions that I had for the Titans in this game those are the same questions by the way if you listen to the podcast on Friday that I talked about pregame and and I mentioned them on Twitter pregame as well and I'm writing an article about the answer that the Titans gave us on those questions and I was actually going to write it tonight and have it for uh, Tuesday morning for you, but a couple of those questions are more statistics, analytics based, and that kind of stuff isn't available yet, especially for a Monday night game. So I'm going to wait a day. I think I'm going to write that on Tuesday and have it for Wednesday for you guys. Um, and that's going to be a, a very good one. I think you'll find that one fascinating. I already have a lot of thoughts for it. I just need some of the numbers to kind of back things up. So look for that on Wednesday and Maybe look for a pod on Wednesday. I know there were a number of things that JT and I had planned for this show that we you know, couldn't get to because he couldn't be here, but that's all right. No worries. I, I totally get it, and this, I think, works out this way anyways because I had a lot to say about this game, and I think more light things we had planned for the show 
maybe would not have gone over as well with you on the Tuesday morning after that game. So we may end up doing a, a special third episode this week on Wednesday um, with producer JT as well as our regular Friday morning show. So just look out for that. Not positive yet um, what that's going to be, but um, we'll definitely at least have a show on Friday. Nonetheless, if we have more to talk about, and I'm sure we will, I may discuss it on Wednesday. If not, we'll discuss it on Friday. Last thought on the Titans before I mercifully go to bed tonight after a long day. This is a big week for the Titans. If anybody in that building harbored any amount of calm within them based on the belief that week one was a classic NFL week one fluke or, you know, perhaps the Titans just playing down to bad opponents, you know, classic Titans, you can throw that junk out the window now. You have to think this game was a real reality check for everybody involved, players, coaches, Front office alike. Right now, the Titans suck. I had a friend thinking out loud in a group message that I'm a part of, trying to pinpoint what you can blame this beating that the Bills laid on the Titans on, and there's just no single thing to point to. This team has a dozen flashing red lights on their dashboard right now, and they're all a part of the big fat problem. Like, this isn't an issue with the spark plugs or one of your belts or your engine timing. No, this is a total engine failure, pal. And I get it. Like, perspective, reason, objectivity. You know, in September, you still have some time to get your broken engine humming again. You really do. I I get that. I don't don't think you can overreact to this start. 0-2, historically, very bad for all teams involved. However... Most teams that start 0-2 aren't a part of the 2021 AFC South, so this division is still very winnable, but the clock is ticking. I mean, it's ticking fast. The only other good news, like I said, you don't exactly have any V8s in the division that you're trying to contend with, but it's officially desperation time for this team in this team's season. They come back to Nashville, and they have a short week to prepare before they host another AFC team just as desperate as they are. The Las Vegas Raiders are coming to town, also 0-2, and oh, by the way, they're in a division where they need every win they can get. They're in the best division in football, not the worst division in football. And they've come off of two games that they feel like they should have won. So they're going to be just as desperate for a win as you are, and through two games, they look better than you are. So, While there's no games in September that I think are an absolute must win, this is really close, really close. Mike Herndon was talking about this on Twitter earlier tonight. The Titans need need to win against the Raiders this upcoming week. And of course, on Friday, we'll break down that game in a preview in much more depth, but while the Titans are looking at maybe the most sweat-free 0-2 start to a season that you can possibly have just because of where they are in the division that they happen to be in. It doesn't mean the starting 0-2 can be taken lightly, and it does not mean that they can continue to lose games and not... And it does not mean that they can continue to lose games and have any hope of competing for the division title. They have to start winning at some point, and going 0-3 is going to be a massive, massive issue for this team that really has not shown any life. All right, 
I hope you enjoyed this, at least found it cathartic, I suppose, on a Tuesday morning following that loss. I don't think that all is lost. I don't think that this team is doomed to lose all of their games. I think it's pretty clear that they had a serious dose of reality on Monday night. And I think it's going to be really fascinating to see where some of these guys are come week three, how the Mike Vrabels, the Ryan Tannehills, the Derrick Henrys of the team respond because they're facing some serious, serious adversity right now. Before you go, a couple of things that I really want you to know. Of course, check out all of our stuff that we got going on broadwaysportsmedia.com later this week. Um, Of course, the Mike Herndon Show is going to be on Thursday afternoon back at its regular time. You're going to want to check that out. I'm sure Mike has a lot of thoughts on this start for the Titans that you're going to want to hear. You've got the Football and Other F-Words pod will be Wednesday morning. Later today, I believe, you will have the first episode of Music City Audible for the week. Um, You've got Second and Victory on Thursday morning. There's a lot for you to consume in the Broadway Sports Media podcast universe. There's also going to be a good bit of written content. I know Zach's article will run later this week. Like I said, mine is probably going to be on Wednesday. We've got some good written content for you as well. And you want to become a Broadway insider. I promise you do. You get all of these fantastic things that are behind the paywall. um, And it's just for the price of a cocktail a month. It really is um, a super affordable deal for content from a vast array of really talented people here at Broadway. And it helps us keep the lights on. So we appreciate you. And uh, come be a part of the team. Also, If you are looking to advertise, we have advertisement opportunities on this podcast as well as some other things at Broadway. Hit us up if you're a you know a business owner in Nashville. Please reach out. Um, All of my contact info is on Twitter. Uh, You can you can find everything that you'd need there to reach out, and we can discuss advertising opportunities on this show or on BroadwaySportsMedia.com. And of course, every show you've ever listened to has asked you to do this, but I'm going to ask you again. If you can go and leave a review on Apple Podcast, five stars, and say whatever you want, it's incredibly helpful to us. The 10 seconds it takes you to do means so much more to us than it does to you. I promise you'll have made my day if I see a response, and we will absolutely shout you out with whatever you have to say on the show if we see your review. So go and do that. It's incredibly helpful for us. Um And uh, make sure you're subscribed as well. And tell your friends and family to subscribe to the show because you enjoy it. They'd enjoy it. If you're a Titans fan, you're going to enjoy this show. So you got to You got to check it out. You got to help me spread the word. We love a good grassroots campaign around here. That's what we're about. So help help spread the good news. That's all for today. Maybe see you Wednesday. Definitely see you Friday. Until then, I'm Easton Freeze.